It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's all heating up. We need to send Joe Biden back to his basement and reverse American decline. Do you want a super pack puppet? Or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? The Republican race to pick the party's next presidential candidate has begun. For the first time, eight Republicans vying for the White House, debating each other on the stage in Milwaukee. It was only eight candidates who took to the stage in the first Republican debate. But despite the notable absence of Donald Trump, one candidate stood out. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? That's Vivek Ramaswamy, a political outsider who's shaking up the race. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. He calls himself a millennial anti-woke leader who once had a side hustle as a libertarian rapper. His critics call him Trump 2.0. The climate change agenda is a hoax. There are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Is Vivek Ramaswamy the future of the Republican Party? Vivek Ramaswamy, who's garnering a lot of support among Trump voters. If you look at some of those national polls, I mean, in the last few weeks, and really taking away as DeSantis has slid, you've seen Ramaswamy move up. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, meet Vivek Ramaswamy, the rapping Republican on the rise. My name's Ben Jacobs. I'm a political reporter in Washington who's been covering American politics for over 10 years now. And this is my fourth presidential campaign that I'm covering. Oh, it must have a sense of familiarity about it. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, everyone is unique in its own way. They're all like snowflakes. It's been described as one of the most surreal moments of this presidential campaign. 
just tell us what happened recently when one of the candidates, Vivek Ramaswamy, was asked about the song that he likes to play at the end of a political event. Vivek Ramaswamy was at the Iowa State Fair and has long expressed his enthusiasm and fandom for Eminem and the song Lose Yourself. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. Vivek pursued amateur rapping when he was in college and uh, when the event ended that the DJ put on Eminem's Lose Yourself and he took the microphone and, and rapped along to the song. The clock's run out, time's up, over, plow, snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity, oh, there goes gravity, choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy. Oh, he won't rap, but he knows his own bad, his own bad, he's He had, I guess, their first candidate karaoke of the 2024 cycle. <laughs> yeah, those don't come around often enough. Not often you get a Republican presidential candidate who, who likes to rap. You met him recently. You met the man himself. Yes. What was he like? He's a salesman. He's someone who is very polished, very comfortable in the pitches he gives and, you know, how he's selling himself to voters and sort of knows exactly uh, what red meat to offer up and, and when to do so. Was he quite friendly on a, on a personal basis? He's certainly friendly, though he got distracted at one point. Well, I was talking with him in, in a van going from campaign events in order to tweet out a clip that he wanted to make fun of and spent a little bit of time where he was distracted by Twitter before returning to the uh, returning to the interview. Wow. So you were the center of the universe until you weren't. I think Twitter may always be the center of the universe. <laughs> that, that there's a certain level of, of online-ness there with Vivek. And... Um- you know, this presidential race for 2024 is already heating up as far as Republicans mm-hmm. are concerned. You know, we have all know that Donald Trump is in the running. Everyone's heard a lot about Ron DeSantis. Vivek Ramaswamy seems very new on the scene, and yet he's causing quite the splash. What do we know about the man who's now known as the rapping Republican? You know, he's running, as he makes repeatedly clear, as the first millennial to run for the Republican presidential nomination to avoid stepping on Pete Buttigieg's uh, laurels. But he's 38. He was born in 1985, just had his birthday earlier in August. From Cincinnati originally, Indian-American, he talks about, you know, his immigrant parents, that he has has a wife and, and two kids and lives in a nice mansion in suburban Ohio went to Harvard as as an undergrad and then went to Yale Law School and ended up making a fortune in biotech in the process that he sort of started off with hedge funds and then went into this biotech company where the pitch was it would turn orphan drugs and try to turn them into a profit and has ended up making a significant fortune that's certainly in the hundreds of millions. And more recently, he sort of shifted into anti-wokeness. He wrote a book called Woke Incorporated that went after corporate investing and started his own hedge fund called Strive that made anti-woke investments and uh, really started to become a right-wing personality in the months, if not year, before his presidential campaign, becoming on Fox News, negotiating for podcasts, and sort of setting himself up as as a media personality. I'm Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm a successful entrepreneur. I've built multi-billion dollar companies, and now I'm running for president of the United States. 
I mean, that is fascinating. He, he has made a lot of money in a, in a very short period of time. You know, as you say, he sort of crystallized a lot of his right-wing Republican ideas in a book, Woke Inc., Inside Corporate America's Social Justice Scam. Just tell us a bit about that. What exactly does the book put forward? It really goes after the idea that corporate governance stuff that invest in companies that take into context environmental factors says that that's sort of ruining everything. And instead, it should just simply be about maximizing shareholder value. Well, so basically, anti-green policies for a company or inclusivity policies, anything that skews the way a company works away from just making profit. Yes, that would be his argument. So anti-woke, very pro-profit. What else do we know about his view of the world, of, of what he believes? He actually makes his view of the world very clear that he has his 10 truths that he posts everywhere, that if you go to his campaign stops, there's a backdrop of this. He recited them on the campaign stage. He now has pamphlets he hands out with it that are aged to look like something out of the uh, American Revolution era. And there's 10 of them. One, God is real. Two, there are two genders. Fossil fuels are a requirement for human prosperity. Reverse racism is racism. An open border is not a border. Parents determine the education of their children. The nuclear family is the greatest form of governance known to man. Capitalism lifts us up from poverty. There are three branches of government, not four. And the U.S. Constitution, it is the strongest guarantor of freedom in human history. That is what won us the American Revolution. That is what will win us the revolution of 2024. Wow. Which runs a real gamut from sort of basic truisms to particularly ideological stances and, you know, wraps them up as that becomes his sort of elevator pitch that he puts out there in front of everyone. And it's clever because there's a bit of red meat in there for every brand of Republican. There's the, the people who are very religious, if God is real, right at the start. It goes big on gender, racism, you know, all the things that people might have been worried about recently. You know, there's been a lot of debate around recently. He's very much on the culture wars. So how did he convert these ideas into a political campaign? How did he end up finding himself as a, a candidate for president? He decided to run and spent a lot of money and undoing so sort of has come up with using these ideas and using his pitch against, you know, wokeism, climatism, covidism, and gender ideology, hitting all the sort of most MAGA erogenous zones on the American right. <laughs> That's actually been a very specific niche that because he's new to politics, he is, you know, can sort of hit everything that sort of is in the right wing media without being constrained by prior votes and prior views. And when you say new to politics, I mean, he really is. He's come out of nowhere. Not just that he's come out of nowhere, but something he's actually been open about is that he does, hasn't really voted much. He voted for Trump in 2020, which he insisted was the first time he voted. But then it turned out he'd actually voted when he was in college and cast a vote for the libertarian presidential candidate in 2004, which makes it slightly less of a clean pitch. But he's, he's someone who hasn't voted in the past, that he really is someone who has made some money and immediately pivoted to politics. So 
This is somebody who's very clear about his beliefs. He's very media savvy too. I mean, how has he gone about entering politics? How has he made his mark so quickly? Part of it is by telling voters what they want and by having the sort of media opportunities to do so that he's been able to go on Fox News, that he's long been a Fox News regular, particularly with Tucker Carlson when Tucker Carlson still had a show. I mean, we are in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways we're really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. And that's why I'm proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president. But the fact that he's able to give this Trumpian pitch that's sort of more Trumpy than Trump has been a real selling point for him as he's gone around and combined that with a willingness to appear on any media outlet that will have him. That a lot of other Republican candidates have been very reluctant to do interviews with reporters, to do television appearances outside of Fox. And he says yes to just about everything and has gone out of his way to sort of appear on every outlet possible and blanket the zone with his media appearances and really build up his name recognition as a result. And you mentioned that he's in some ways more Trumpy than Trump. Just talk us through sort of some of his policies, which are even more extreme than Trump's version of America first. Yes, anti-immigrant, anti-woke, anti-Ukraine, that when he's elected on his first day, he will have mass firings of civil servants. He's ready to cut support for Zelensky on day one and let Putin keep what he currently occupies. Freeze the current status quo there under the assumption that by doing so, what he tells voters is, is that it'll end Putin's relationship with China. He's also said that he will explicitly as policy not defend Taiwan after 2028 if China invades, that he's sort of been very anti-China, but also very isolationist in a particular way, while also being very open to employing the U.S. military along the border with Mexico and having uh, deployed actual U.S. military personnel there and uh, potentially being open to uh, stronger interventions across the border against cartels. So... I mean, if he became president, this would completely change the balance of geopolitics. I mean, it would affect everybody. Who is backing him? Well, at this point, he's had very promising support from Elon Musk on Twitter that Elon Musk originally started off a a DeSantis fan and then has now called him a very promising candidate. And he's sort of, at this point, getting support from folks in that niche that he's yet to have any formal congressional endorsements, though he did have a statewide elected official in Iowa endorse him just the other day. And he seems to be getting a lot of attention. How seriously are people taking him? I mean, people are starting to take him increasingly, increasingly seriously. In national polls, he's polling in third place. Occasionally, he's even polling ahead of DeSantis that in early wow. state polls, he's still lagging. But nationally, because of this attention, he's really stepping up into someone who uh, is a bigger figure that in the debate, they put everyone in their podiums arranged by how they're doing in polling. And with Trump out, DeSantis was center stage. But right after him, next to him was Vivek Ramaswamy as second in the polling with an array of other folks with a wide variety of elected experiences further away from the center of the stage. So he really has come out of nowhere and is a proper runner. He certainly at this point is 
establishing himself and stuff, then it's it's a question how much anyone has a chance against Donald Trump. But he certainly is uh, in the running for the silver medal at the very least. If Vivek Ramaswamy is seen as more extreme than Trump, how does he stack up against the other Republican candidates? And is there a chance that he could beat the man he most admires, Donald Trump? That's in just a moment. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ben, we've now seen Vivek Ramaswamy up against the majority of Republican candidates in a debate. Just remind us of the competition. Just remind us of who else is in the running. These are the eight candidates who are on that stage tonight. Some of the other candidates, aside from Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, include Mike Pence, who was Trump's vice president, Nikki Haley, who was the former governor of South Carolina and uh, then ambassador to the UN under Trump, Chris Christie is the former New Jersey governor, Tim Scott, who is a senator from South Carolina, were the other main candidates on stage. How did he do against them? He was the center of attention. He was the subject of attacks from just about everybody, that he became the target. And there was sort of a real visceral disdain that could be noticed through the TV screen from these candidates towards him, facing criticism from Chris Christie, repeatedly from Mike Pence. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. From Nikki Haley as well. You have no foreign policy experience, and it shows. He uh, was repeatedly hit for his views on Ukraine, his views on Israel, and generally just the idea that his support for Trump and generally someone who they thought was not a real candidate. Chris Christie uh, said he was a chat GPI candidate. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like chat GPT standing up here. Artificial intelligence created. Using generated text to try to appeal to prompts without having genuine views. And how much did those attacks affect his campaign? How did he come out of that debate? It's a question how much it sort of, it actually ends up mattering with voters. There's some focus groups that happen where some voters liked him, but we're still have a little bit of time now before we actually see how it plays out in polls. But he mm. certainly captured the lion's share of attention. A lot more people will be familiar with him. It's certainly a good thing in the short term, but it's a question of how much it'll be a good thing in the long term. And what didn't work for him? Were there things that he said that clearly didn't get much support from the room? Well, some of the stuff he was saying on Ukraine was booed by the audience inside the room. Ramaswamy, you would not support an increase of funding to Ukraine? I would not. And I think that this is disastrous. 
that we are protecting against an invasion across somebody else's border when we should use those same military resources to prevent across the invasion of our own southern border here in the United States of America. We are driving Russia further into China's hands. But the audience inside the room is obviously different than the voters, that the audience inside the room is a much more donors, operatives class. It's entirely different uh, set of things and the people who actually uh, vote in the Republican presidential primary. It's a specific niche of folks. And that's a question of quite how it plays out. His views on Ukraine clearly went down quite badly. What about climate change? He said on stage that he doesn't believe climate change is real. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. Which he received some criticism for because he said something completely different only a few months ago. But, you know, he was on stage not only expressing, you know, skepticism towards climate change is real and saying that we should burn more coal. Wow. Which is... uh, even as skeptical as Republicans are of climate change and human-caused climate change, that's sort of a little bit more forward than they traditionally are in the United States. And did any of the criticisms of him coming from all of the candidates, as you say, they all focused on him, did any of them, whether it was Chris Christie with the, this is the chat GPT candidate, or Mike Pence pointing out that this probably isn't the time for an amateur, did any of them stick? Will people remember those? They'll remember that he got the criticism. It's a question whether that sort of filters in and puts him under more scrutiny than he has been in the past. That if you look back into past Republican uh, primaries in the pre-Trump era, you had a pattern in which candidates would get a surge of momentum after a strong debate performance, and then they'd come under scrutiny and not be able to handle handle Mm -hmm. the scrutiny well. And we'll see what that goes and how much he sort of wears well with voters as they hear more about him, that he is young, he is sort of aggressively pro-Trump. And there's sort of the question that with his views and his defenses of Donald Trump, how much of a ceiling there is for him, because after all, if you want the most pro-Trump candidate on stage, it's still going to be Donald Trump. It's sort of hard to out-Trump Trump as a defender of Donald Trump. Well, that is the issue. Donald Trump, as you say, wasn't part of that debate. Mm -hmm. As a candidate who's putting himself forward effectively as a super fan, how does Vivek Ramaswamy run against him? At this point, you'd have to get to a stage where it's just the two of them. But, you know, what he sort of discerned is that at this point, if you're a Republican primary voter, you voted for Donald Trump in two general elections, that it's hard to criticize someone who so many voters are so invested in, that there is a hardcore of voters who are skeptical about Trump, but the huge majority of the party is pro-Trump. And that's sort of the thread you have to cross, that the one thing he's repeatedly said is that he's different than Donald Trump, who he praises the greatest president of the 21st century on stage. President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. Simply because of the fact that he doesn't lead to people having irrational anger towards him, or at least he added the caveat, not yet, and that he can do a better job bringing the country together while also being more aggressive and extreme than Trump. And 
Trump, obviously, despite not taking part in the debate, is still miles ahead in the polls. Yes. Is there any chance that Vivek Ramaswamy, you know, having said he's the one who doesn't create an irrational fear in people, the reason, you know, he doesn't have all the baggage of Donald Trump, is there any chance that he could possibly win? There's a chance anything could happen. Uh, <laughs> never say never. Trump is certainly the favorite. Obviously, Trump is pushing 80 years old and has four different indictments against him. There's a lot of known unknowns that could drive him out of the race, both based on age and health, as well as some of the legal stuff. Though at this point, all the indictments have been to his political benefit so far. Mm. We're talking about Donald Trump as a former president of the United States. So stranger things have definitely happened in American politics. And it's hard to quite rule anything out at this point. But Trump is clearly the favorite. And if you were out gambling right now, it would be he would be the safe person to put money on at most odds. So if he does win the Republican nomination, if, you know, looking at the odds, if, if he does end up as the winner, is there any chance that Vivek Ramaswamy might come in as his superfan, as vice president instead? Probably not. I mean, Ramaswamy has said he's not interested in being vice president, but also having Ramaswamy as vice president doesn't necessarily help Donald Trump. Normally, the idea is with the vice presidents to balance a ticket, you know, that mm. Donald Trump in 2016, when there's concerns about his personal life, had a steadfast social conservative Mike Pence. Joe Biden had Kamala Harris as a younger woman of color. Barack Obama had Joe Biden as someone who would provide agent experience. Donald Trump is not necessarily weak right now among Trump superfans. More likely, he'd pick the woman who's less ardently MAGA, and that it's hard to see what eagerly MAGA businessman with little political experience would add to a ticket that already included Donald Trump. Well. Do you think if Vivek Ramaswamy is, is knocked out soon, could he come back in a future election? Oh, I'm sure he could come back, and I don't think he'll be knocked out soon. He is someone with more than enough money and at this point more than enough support, barring something unprecedented, to make it through the early states. And he's 38 years old. He is clearly going to be around for a while, and it's, it's a question of what he does and what he does after this. What's really interesting about his rise is that this is a man who, as you say, has out-trumped Trump, who's come out of nowhere and has a huge following. In a way, what does that tell us about the modern Republican Party? It makes very clear that where the Republican Party is going into this more populous MAGA element, that the changes Trump has made to the party aren't going away. And it's a sense of what voters want, especially once Trump leaves the scene, that the changes that Trump may having the party move towards isolationism away from a more traditional active Cold War foreign policy, that getting into all this sort of red meat culture war rhetoric is something that really appeals to voters. The traditional Ronald Reagan Republican Party isn't coming back. And Vivek, because he's not wrapped up in that party, he's not of that party, he's not, no association with that party, is able to more easily appeal to where Republican voters are going rather than being tied to a past GOP that he was never a member of. But I don't think there's any doubt that he's likely to be on the scene for years, if not decades to come. 
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Ben Jacobs, a political journalist in Washington, D.C. And if you're a subscriber, you can follow all the latest twists and turns in the U.S. presidential race at thetimes.co.uk. The producer today was Priyanka Deladia. The executive producer was Edward Drummond. And sound design was by David Crackles. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.